Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yo, 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 what is up? It's your boy Sterls and my guy, All Bro Poe in the house. It is the Chop Up. It's Tuesday night, and we are right back here for another episode. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. We do, don't we? Absolutely. How you doing? How you I'm doing? doing great. I'm doing great, man. We got another dub this week, and uh, whether it was ugly or it's not, it really don't matter, because towards the end of the year, it's going to look like a dub on the screen, so uh, it really don't matter. Yeah, a dub is a dub, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it looks good on paper, but there's some things that uh, that weren't so great in terms of performances, right? Of course, uh, it's always going to be that. things. It's always going to be things. things. But I know you're going to come in here with a glass half full, everything's fine, Absolutely. you know, whatever. So, I don't panic. If there's one thing about me that, that the fans out here might want to learn, I don't panic. I'm never going to panic. That's just not who I am. That they, they, they would say you don't care enough, and that and that's okay. But that's all right. Okay. How I don't care enough. How I don't care enough. I want to see my brother succeed. How I don't care enough. It ain't got nothing to do with Jordan. We no. love Jordan. <laughs> that's what I'm it's okay to be critical too. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Uh, but we have a special guest uh that's here. And uh just so you guys know, you're watching the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Uh, this is the chop up, and we have a very special guest tonight. And I'm gonna let you bring him in and uh, you know, introduce him. How about yeah, that? This is uh, this is my brother, um, not my legitimate brother, but my, my brother from another mother. Uh, he's my brother's brand manager, he work, he's the owner for Avalon Sports. Um, his name is Daver, and we're gonna bring him in and uh, see what his daily life is like. Yo, yo, yo. What up, hey, boys? Hey, what up, what up, what up? That's good. Listen, I'm I I, I love the old bro po. I I never thought about it, but I love it. That somebody somebody <laughs> typed this in here. I don't know who it was, but somebody typed it in in the comments, and then Spence didn't let me get away from it. So we we, we might need a T-shirt now with that. Oh yeah, I'll, 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 I'll get the rocket. Yeah. <laughs> How you been, David? Good, good. Um, everything good. Appreciate you guys for, for having me on. Um, you know, I'll talk to, like I say, Jeremy, my, my brother too. And, and uh, you know, we were talking about getting on, on the show. So um, thank you for having me on. And, you know, excited to, you know, talk about the industry, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. So Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, I did want to ask, like, first, first and foremost, I wanted to ask, so Avalon Sports, I wanted you to explain your company and, like, what it is that you guys do um, day to day and and uh, and uh, what it is that you do for the players that you that work for you or that you work yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, the first thing is that we're uh, um, a Buffalo born and raised company, uh, which I'm, I'm very proud of. Um, you know, although we're a national company now, we were born in, in, in Buffalo. And um, just to give, you know, people some background on my end, I am a former professional soccer player. So I played soccer for about seven years, played in Argentina. I'm originally from Colombia, played in Argentina, in, in Germany. Um, and then because of life, just landed in Buffalo. Um, and then, you know, I retired. And uh, after I retired, I wanted to work in sports, right? A little bit of my background uh, combined to, you know, soccer and stuff like that. I wanted to work in sports. So, um, you know, we've been in business for about three years now. Um, and Jordan was actually one of the first players that we signed to to Avalon. So, you know, we do anything that has to do with, you know, uh, brand deals, marketing, building the brand for the guys. But I think most important is that, you know, we help the guys find opportunities that are not really common and really help them navigate and, and transition from, you know, playing their playing career onto, onto new, new ventures. So, uh, like Jeremy said, you know, we've been with Jordan for about three years now um, and we can go more, more in depth about it. But um, I, I met Jordan right after he came out with, you know, his uh, struggle with alcohol and stuff like that. So we formulated a plan to build his platform around what he really believes in. And, mm. um, you know, you look at what, what Jordan has done off the field. Um, he's a tremendous athlete, but I have so much respect and love for him for what he's accomplished of, of the field as well. So Right. And, and I feel like after being around you for so long and and kind of the company itself, and correct me if I'm not mistaken, you guys kind of do an unconventional type of brand management where it's more what the players are interested in outside of, of, of football. And it's not really like a like a commercial. It's more like let's take what you like and and let's branch on that. Like let's let's take something that you care about and let's branch off of that, which is kind of an unconventional brand manager uh, type thing, if I'm not mistaken. No, yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, I think the industry right now is full with, you know, um, and then again, you know, I respect all, all the, the companies out there, but, uh, you know, traditionally, obviously, you know, agencies focus on, you know, marketing deals, getting getting money for the players, which is good. Obviously, we, you know, we all want to get paid as players, but, you know, my approach and our approach to the team was, hey, let's find out what you're really interested in. Like, let's find out about your story, your background. You know, if we, again, if we, if we use Jordan as an example, um, he's got a very unique, story where, where you guys come from what you guys been through um and and really all of that stuff is really what made jordan poor who he is now which a lot of people see obviously what he does on the field but uh, not a lot of people at the time knew what he represented um of the field too so it's like i remember i sat down with him uh he was in in, in south florida um where i'm based out of now um and we just had a conversation and he's just like listen bro like I love playing football, but like I'm going through something and I want to have an opportunity to go and tell my story, which for him was the most important thing. He never came to me saying, yo, I need, you know, this deal or I want to make money here. Like, no, no. He's like, listen, I want to help people um, tell my story and, and be able to just be a voice, which is hmm. tremendous. You know, I just to hear that from someone like him, um, you know, I mean, you already know what he's done. So, right. um, yes, yes, definitely helping helping guys find find their passion of the field. It's it's it's, it's our, our main goal. Yeah, I got a question for you, David. Um, 
you know, like perception is everything, right? And you, you know, we, you know, we know what Jordan's story is. Like, how do you take, you know, a story like that, a, a persona like that, and make it digestible for the common day, everyday person, not just people who enjoy football, but encapsulate him as a person? How do you, how do you paint the picture? That's a great question. I think one of our core values is, 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 is and it's a word that, that we use a lot, is, is that um, we try to humanize the athlete, right? You as an athlete, I think that the biggest challenge that you have is that, um, you know, people look at you and, and really, you know, grade you on, on, on really on your performance every Sunday, which is, which is part of the business. We're not going to complain about it. Like we know that playing football is, is the main thing. But when we, you know, again, when we talk about Jordan and when we start working, we're like, bro, we have to, you have to open up and, yeah. you know, you're going to lose a little bit of your privacy. You're going to have to talk about things that maybe you only talk to with your family and not even them. Like there's some stuff that, you know, doc, we, I don't know if you guys know, but probably do. We produce a documentary about his life. Right. Mm-hmm. So shooting that documentary, I, I know it was tough for him because he talked about things that he didn't even talk to his family. So he's like, listen, I have to talk to my family before this goes out. Um, so it's like, breaking that um barrier of like you know you have to open up to the public a lot of people are going to say and are going to you know have something to say because when, when you're a public figure i feel like everyone is entitled to um talk about your life and and, and whatnot but i think as, as you humanize him as a, as a person um you start to see the reaction from not only from bills fans uh but really fans all, all across the country so um i think the key is to give the people a different perspective on, on who he is on the field. You might like him or not, but at the end of the day, he's just a, a human like like anybody else. Um, speaking on 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 that, as far as like humanizing the player, so there's a lot of it's not unknown that Jordan and his family are not really liked for their take, some of their their life takes, their political takes, whatever it may be. Um, how do you flirt with making sure? that he gets to speak how he wants to speak and making sure that it's not something that's going to get a lot of hate um, from the national media or national people. It's like, it's like a tough area to be in. Right. I think it's fine. A, a sweet, a sweet balance. I think, you know, we, we obviously we're always up front. You know, I, I know that um, in, in this business and, and as a pro athlete, you used to people saying yes to everything you say. Uh, but we have a relationship where, we can have a conversation and say, bro, we didn't, you know, we didn't think that's, that's a good idea. Right. We, you know, you're not gonna, you will never force anyone to say, or don't say anything like at the end of the day, it's, it's their call. But like, we, we try to minimize that risk and we try to protect, you know, their brand and, 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 and consult. And, and, and I think that the key to this business is the relationship that you build with them. Like mm-hmm. if they trust you as family, like they're going to listen to you and know that whatever you said, we say it's, it's really, looking out for for their best interest. So right. I think number one key is just build that rapport with the guys where, you know, and, and I can, Jeremy can talk about it. Like we, you know, yeah, this is a business of course, but like, it doesn't feel like, like we're, mm-hmm. we're family. We, we, I mean, actually, I mean, even with him, like when we talk, we talk about our life, we talk about family. We don't talk about really football because we don't, right. not that we don't care, but like but right. our relationship is more important than, than the business itself. Absolutely. And the reason I ask that is because you have some, well, you, Jordan, and and now with this collab with Better that you have going on that you dropped the other day, 
you guys have some big opportunities here to put players into positions where they can speak their mind and where it's as far as content building and whatnot. And so talk to me about this collab that you're doing with Jake Paul's better and, and, and what you plan to, to do as far as growing that and, and what's going on there. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I think, I think Jake, um, you know, you can, you can like him or hate him. Um, but at the end of the day, we all know what he's done in the space, right? He went from being a, uh, a YouTuber to, to huge influencer on, on different things. And now he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a pro boxer. And so, um, I think for us, I, I've known Jake for about a year and a half now. And, you know, since I met him, uh, you know, we started talking about opening up a platform and, and helping guys, you know, build that, that, um, you know, I guess brand of the field to be able for them to say what, whatever they want to say. Right. Um, you know, there's no question that Jake's network and reach is, 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 is tremendous. Right. And, and I think it, it goes even beyond sport. So the collaboration with better, I think it's, um, it's one of a kind. I think it's really disruptive in the in the industry. We're really happy and proud uh, to be a part of this. And, and really, right now, we're just offering and, and opening up new avenues to the players to to be able to come say what they want to say. You know, without fear of being of being canceled. Of course, we we know that uh, people will have something to say, which is fine. Uh, but we're trying to give and build that platform for the players so that they can come say whatever they want to say. And then our job will be to distribute that message, amplify it, and mm-hmm. provide players with the with the resources that that they need i know you know jeremy met met jake in in new york they had a great conversation as well uh so like you know we we try to tie our family into whatever we do um you know we we bring our players we bring the, the media side and, and, and we just make this connection where it's so tight where players feel so confident and, and and trust the process for them to be able to go and say whatever you know they want to say and yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead I, I think what you guys do is is pretty dope. And it's a big responsibility that you guys have. Um, you know, when we live in a, a society and culture where you say the wrong thing and you're done, like yeah. for for people to athletes to trust you with their with their story and like with, you know, what they got going on. I think it's incredible, dude, like what you guys are doing. And I think, you know, um, it kind of I mean, I'm not speaking for you, but like I, I'm sure it's opened up your perspective on different ideas and topics because like everybody has an opinion, right? Mm. Whether you're a Republican or Democrat, like at the end of the day, I really don't think that stuff matters. Right. Like how, how do you, I mean, what do you, how do you, how has that helped you as a person? Like how does it help broaden your perspective about life and, and social and cultural issues? Right. Uh, fuck it. That's, that's a, that's a, sorry. It's a, it's a great question. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, I come, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not from this country. I'm, I'm Colombia. Right. So, and I, and I come, I come from soccer background. So when I, when I landed in Buffalo, um, you know, I, I lived in some of the biggest cities in the world, like Buenos Aires, um, Frankfurt in Germany. Like, like I come from like my, my perspective was like completely different. And then when I got to Buffalo, I'm not gonna lie. At first when I landed, I'm like, what am I, what, what am I doing here? Right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't <laughs> Yeah, I regretted my decision as soon as I landed. Nothing wrong with Buffalo, but like, I, like my perspective on things was completely different. Then I, you know, bought a house and and, and stay there, whatever. Um, and then I started to learn about the culture. You know, the Buffalo um, man, like I've never seen anything like it. The, the support, mm-hmm. the, the the love you guys have for each other, it, it's something 
tremendous. So for me to understand that and then to understand, you know, football, which I hated at first, the, the culture, the, the media side, the, the things that players are afraid to, you know, say or don't say because of, of, of the industry. I think for me, like it changed completely my perspective on, okay, what do we need to do for these guys? Because what mm-hmm. you said, it's the spot on, bro. Like if you knew, and I think, I think we all know that, but like if, if we could put out what the players think about, mm. I'm not going to, don't even get me started. Yeah. League, go ahead. No, go ahead. You know, go ahead. Teams, <laughs> um, the culture about, uh, you know, about being a pro athlete. Like I, I wish I could put it into words. Like, like people, and I don't, I don't blame him because that's just what you can see. You can see just one percent of who they are. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a job, bro. Like once you're in the locker room, and I leave that. Um, it doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter who you are. All it matters is what you do on the field. So you look that as a number, and you know that's part of the business. You, you're getting paid, but it, it's, it's a job, right? Um, you know, unfortunately, or I guess part of the business. Um, you know, you know that you're the entertainment, you're part of the entertainment of like 80,000 people on a Sunday. Right. So, so I think, you know, for us to be able to break that down and say, listen, we know it's important, you know, performance is important, but let's, let's have a conversation about these guys. Let's, let's, you know, if if you say something on Twitter, people might be more respectful if if they don't agree with you. Now, if he's a pro athlete, but it didn't agree with him, then he's going to get killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, why are you, why are you even talking about stuff that you're not supposed to like go play football? And, and and that's something that's going to change, you know, because being a, being a pro, you know, uh, athlete is just like being a cop or, or, or being a a teacher. Like it's just a profession. It's not who you are. It's what you do. Right. Mm, Good point. So, and part of that, that's why I, it's why I respect Avalon and what they've done um, so much is, these these players are looked at as he said as a number and mm-hmm. and i know how much jordan has to say and i know how much he can't say because if he says it there could be problems with his job or with his or with the national media or whatever it is like i and and building what he, what Dave has done and avalon has done to build a platform for these players to, to kind of vent <laughs> it's really like a, it's really like a venting area to be able to do what they want to do it's been crazy to me and and i and that's why i probably um have built such a good relationship with neighbors because like his mindset of of his platform has been such a good one to see whereas other people build stuff to for them to say what other people want them to say and not what they want to say themselves and so, like, I, I do appreciate what, what Dave has built with Avalon. And um, Dave, talk to me about your 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 upbringing as far as um, being a Colombian soccer and, and just tell me about yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, um, yeah, like I said, I was, I was born and raised in, in Colombia. Um, you know, in South America, I just I just saw something. Some, someone said about something about what a journey from South America to Buffalo. I know it's crazy. I mean. I, I would never thought I'd be I'd be there, but um, yeah. So in Colombia, um, you know, I feel like now I can like talk about it because like here in the U.S. we have so many opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Like even I see you know kids growing up. You want to go pro? Um, you have this path into you know pro athlete, 
uh, supported by university you might get your degree or or like there's options in colombia unfortunately um you know i mean for soccer is the only really pro sport that that we have mm-hmm. and for many kids playing soccer it's the only way out of poverty so it's like it's like either you're a soccer player or you work at a mcdonald's for the rest of your life there, there's no in between right i was blessed enough that my family you know my dad was in the army like i came from a you know good family you know we weren't rich but i had everything that that i needed um i fell in love with the game of soccer um and when i was 14 um i signed my my first professional contract which was, was crazy right you said so, 14 14 yeah wow yeah Dang. yeah so um you know they offered me a tryout i i went to 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 argentina um my dad for two weeks um on a on a on a, on a tryout they, they they offered me a contract uh but the, the situation there was like okay we, i'm a minor um my dad has to come back to colombia because my family my mom was here my mom was pregnant at the time so he sat down with me and said listen um we have two options either you stay here by yourself with the team so they have like a facility i had to really live with someone there or you come back with me because i mean your mom's pregnant like i love you but you know like, yeah, i have right. to be i have yeah. to be home so um I said I'll stay. I know my mom wanted me to come back. I said, you know, this is this is my dream. I I, I want to stay. And he left. He left me in Argentina by myself, being being fourteen. Um, I definitely wasn't ready for it. You know, I cried every day for like two months. Wow. Um, I was I was you know, cooking. You know, doing just the stuff that we do now. But I was I was definitely not ready for it. And and <laughs> then they obviously throw you into into the mix of, of being a pro athlete at fourteen. When when really, I don't know if like. I wouldn't change it now, but I, I don't think I'll pull my kid through that because mm. um, at the time it was like, listen, you gotta, I was very small. I was very skinny. Um, so they put me through a lot of the stuff that, that you put, you put a pro athlete through right now when they're that's, 24. Wow. <laughs> that's super interesting. Cause like you the here, right. And I think we talked about this with Matuidi and Johan a little bit. It's like, yeah, you yeah. have to grow up fast overseas the majority of the time. And you said because you came here that you wouldn't want to put your kid through that, but look how you mm. turned out. And it's like those values, how can you instill those values without putting them through something hard? You know what I mean? And that's interesting. That's an interesting difference of a mindset between out of the United States and inside the United States. Bro, absolutely. Like, I mean, I, and I have so many stories, but like, I, I remember my teammates would steal food from the facility to bring to their homes. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm. like they will get, they will bring little like, you know, containers and they will get, they will get meatballs and pasta. Um, and, and obviously that wasn't allowed, but like they, it's almost like in South America, I, I want to say generally speaking, um, you feel the responsibility to, to provide for your family. Right. So right. even at being 13, 14, it's like, it's like not only you play with the pressure of trying to make your dream come true. But at the same time, you know that if you don't make it, your family probably won't, won't ever go out, out of poverty. Right. So for you to play with that on your shoulders, man, it's really tough. It, it's really tough. But at the same time, it, it shapes you as a man so that when you have a bigger opportunity, say when you come to this country, for example, um, you're going to be grateful for everything you have. And and the, I mean, not because I'm from, from South America, but like, like you have that dog in you because you've been and you know what the other side looks like. So when you come here and you're given an opportunity, 
you're definitely gonna take advantage of it. So right. I guess that's like the that's that's a story, bro. Uh, it sounds like you got a documentary in the making, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that. it's I think it's cool, man, because like. I grew up uh, very hard here. I grew up in Tennessee, in Chattanooga. When I was growing up, um, you know, Chattanooga was like fourth in crime per capita and homicide. People were dying left and right. You know, it was a crack boom in the 90s and so forth. And so I totally get the struggle, although I wasn't a professional athlete. Like, you were kind of thrown to the wolves at 14. But I think there's a, a cultural change, you know, like the cartel is big there. You have a, a, a government that really is not for the people. Right. I mean, no, really, how many governments are actually for the people? But like it, it's some some stuff going on. So I can only imagine like some of the trials and tribulations that you went through as just an athlete, as a as a young teenager and being treated as an adult. Right. Like you were you were basically you're going to have to figure it out, dude. Like yeah, and I'm yeah. sure a lot of kids, whether they're athletes or not, kind of come to those crossroads uh, at a young age like you did. So kudos to you, man. Appreciate it, appreciate it, bro. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I think my, my biggest takeaway in, in, in what we try to, like, utilize now, it's like, you know, um, being a pro athlete or, or not even making it to a person, but I know, you know, I mean, Jeremy can talk about it because he, he, he was, like, right there. Um, it gives you, I mean, not only the values, the, the discipline, the, the, the resilience, the, but, like, it, it really, you know, teaches you about life itself. I'm saying like I know like even if I didn't make it right even if even if I if I had done something else in my life I feel like those were <clears throat> definitely the toughest years in my life mm. but like what you said I think those four years that I was in the academy before I I I, I made it to the, to the first team um they really define me as a person because then after I have some more crazy stories but like I've been in environments um because I mean this is not it's not a lie, you know, that, you know, the sports world, uh, you know, it'll put you in places that if you're not ready, you can lose your hair real quick, mm. right? Because of the people you work with, because of the invites that you get, because because of what you do. Right. So, like, I, I've been in, in certain situations where I know for a fact, bro, that if I didn't have the upbringing that I had, if I didn't have the values that soccer instilled in me, I probably wouldn't be here today. You know, wow. I, I, you can lose your mind just like that. Um, because when you get to lights, you know, it's like, and I talk to Jordan about this all the time. It's like, it's like when, when you think you make it, you know, and, and then you like all these people around you that, that care about you and that, and that, and that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the, the, the friends that, that you, that you have in those moments, um, if you're not built for it, you can, you can, you can fall real, real quick. So, um, wow. I think that's just the key, the key for that. Well, Daver, I appreciate you coming on here with us. Um, and you definitely should do a documentary and get your, you know, I mean, you have a you have a deeper story than than you probably care to admit, but it would be dope, it would be dope to hear your full story as well. Um, if you have anything else to say, shout out your socials, shout out Avalon, anything you're doing, um, go ahead and get that in there. No, I appreciate all the all the love in the comments um you know um shout out to you guys and and then and then i love having you know see, seeing jeremy you know not not because i'm talking to him right now but like we've been talking about about a lot of stuff uh for a long time and and um i'm happy to see him on here and and just be, be his brain man he's a he's a really smart dude he he understands this industry very well um and then you know all love to buffalo it, it will always be be 
be my hometown. Um, and man, I just want to invite people in Buffalo to dream big, bro. Like for real, I'm not, I'm not just BSing here. Yeah. Like, like, like this company was born out of a living room in Buffalo. And I always knew that this is going to be a national company. Now, I mean, we didn't talk about some of the, some of the roster that we have, but we represent the best talent in the NFL from, from Cheetah to Tua to, to Joran. So like, that was born in Buffalo and, and yeah. I'll always say that. Yeah. So um, I feel like in Buffalo, sometimes we're, we're overlooked, you know, because we always look at the big markets, Miami, LA, um, stuff like that. But we have everything in Buffalo to compete with anybody in the country. Uh, we have the passion, we have the talent, we have the community. So um, man, just, just dream big and just, you know, go after it. Absolutely. Yo, Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on, man. That, that, that's real. That's inspiring, man. For real. All right, boys. Much love. All right, David. Much All right, love, take David. care. All right, bye. Yo, that was dope, man. Yeah, it's a good. Um, it's it's interesting because like I've known David for quite a while, um, and just like from where he started to where he's at now, and then like his mindset, how it's it's altered a little bit, but kind of stayed steady with where yeah. he wanted to be, whether he was super successful at the time or not. And now he's he's doing huge things. And so um, shout out to Daver, shout out to uh for for Jordan signing with him when he did. Like that was a that was a good pair and, and they're doing both doing big things right now. It's dope. All right. So uh now that we we you know that was a, a pretty dope interview, but now we got to get to some Bills talk, man. And, <laughs> and, and you know, I know you got some stuff to say. We got we both have some ideas and topics or whatever, but uh let's do that after the break we're gonna do our picasso's pizza break and then we'll be right back hey football fans the season is here so you know that means family football and food but for the nfl's best fan base it can't be just any food bill's mafia only eats the best during the season and the best is picasso's pizza with four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. Oh, look who it is. Surprise, who surprise. It is. What's up, dog? I was trying to catch my dog. I'm like, there's no way my dog D is going to be on a chop-up and I'm going to miss it. And then I missed it. So it's okay. Oh. It's all good. I'm going to run it back. I've been a little late today. But how y'all boys doing? Hey, we living, man. We living good, over good. here. How you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Just trying to get everything else done. It's a, it's a long week already, and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> Shout out to Matt. Shout out to Picasso. <laughs> Mr. Picasso. Hey, Picasso, like you looking us up, man. I can't be mad at Picasso. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, where did you get that sweatshirt? Uh, this one, actually, uh, if you must know, uh, this, this was this – was, something that i uh started last season uh when actually it was two seasons, two ago, seasons ago. when uh before jordan poyer was officially recognized as an all pro i decided that look it ain't enough noise for my dog so i need to say it's gonna be a riot if y'all don't recognize the talent so poyer for all pro or we riot. we might have to do that again this year i feel like it's been a lot of talk about my dogs both him and micah like they like they looking bad, like they looking like they need to retire or some, some stuff like that. And then I looked at the defensive stats. And, and you know what, Jeremy, tell me. Because I looked at the stats and I, I watched the games and I'd be mad about the offense and stuff. But on defense, 
I feel like we still we had one game where we gave up 25 points. We get, gave up 20 to the Dolphins, but we blew them out so the 20 didn't matter. But other than the 25 point loss that we had against the Jaguars, and to be honest with you, I'm not even mad about 25 points. I feel like the offense should have did more before the fourth quarter. We gonna have a different conversation on that. But is it is it is it just me that I love Jordan and Micah the way I do, or is these boys still doing their job? The what people don't understand is that like when t- other teams look at this team, all right, we're not throwing over the middle. And if Jordan's not involved in the plays, people are going to be like, well, where's Foyer? Where's Micah? Why, are, why aren't they making any plays this year? Because there's no opportunities to make plays. <laughs> there hasn't been any opportunities to make plays. They're doing what they need to do. They're doing their job. Like, oh, there's a step slow because Calvin Ridley is running by him when he has a five-yard a- a- head start. Calvin Ridley is one of the best receivers in the NFL. You know what I mean? I'm not mad that he's running by him on a fucking dig route. Excuse my language, but on a dig route. Like, the amount of things that I hear because Jordan's name hasn't popped up on an interception or a sack number this year, that's the only thing they look at. That's it. If Jordan popped up on a sack number or an interception number, they'd be like, oh, there he is. There's Jordan making plays finally. And you know what? Those come in bunches. Jordan had four interceptions the first few games of the season last year and then he they just didn't throw it at him anymore which is fine like i you know what i mean i i just think that people look at the numbers and take way too much into it rather than watching the entire game oh i'm gonna ask this and then i'm gonna get out of here because i don't feel like arguing i'm gonna ask one more question so you mean to tell me guys can be really good at their position without splash plays yes Shout out to my dog, Tremaine Netmans. I love y'all, man. Y'all have a good night. (laughs) (laughs) He had to do that. He had to do that. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. All right. So, how you feel feel about, I mean, you know, the game on Sunday night, man. Like, like, you're you're doing some tweeting. You know, you have some some, some hot takes. Like, what's up? I don't feel like I had any hot takes. I don't feel like I don't feel like I had any hot takes. I feel like a lot of people were. I feel like I had a pretty solid take that Ken Dorsey was struggling to get going um, this game, and he did the first three quarters of last game, and that was like my only like take as far as like he's got to be better throughout the first three quarters at calling a game plan. Now, am I putting all the blame on him for? for the offense struggling? No, because like we should be able to execute whatever he's calling. Um, but that's just not the reality of the NFL. Like you're not going to be able to execute right. everything perfectly every weekend. That's just not how it is. So <clears throat> I don't like um, the fact that we run the ball of shotgun a lot. Um, I don't like that um, he doesn't stick to what's working on a drive. We ran the ball out of under for an entire drive and cook had like two or three 11 12 yard runs and then we just went out of shotgun and started <laughs> started throwing the ball which i don't understand like if we're running the ball successfully like i feel like dorsey doesn't have a uh in uh what am i what, what is the word i'm looking for he, de- he doesn't have, like, something he goes back to. He doesn't have right. an, ident- an identity. They don't have an identity. Right. He doesn't have an identity. And it's like, but you do. Like, you've been successful under center all year. That's your identity. Just accept it. You know what I mean? Stop trying to go back to the RPOs and the, like, accept your identity of Josh playing from under center, in my opinion. And then sprinkle in some shotgun play. Yeah, it's clear. Um I mean, you know, the reluctance to run the ball in the first half, right, or to get it going or dedicate yourself to the run game 
um, you know, I, I think that, you know, diversity there is is super important. You know, I think, you know, what I talked about on the postgame show was, you know, those are the kind of things that make you a championship team is having that, you know, that ace in the hole. Right. Because right. because we know, like everybody knows Josh Allen can come out here and he can throw three hundred and three tuds and get 50 on the ground real quick. Like he can do that. He's capable yeah. of doing that. Yeah. But like you can't. And I said, it's like, just because you, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you do like you need to just because Josh Allen can do all those things doesn't mean you have to come out and do it all the time. Like James Cook, what, five, what, what was he? 5.1 yards per carry on, right. on, uh, on Sunday night, like in right, the second half on 14 right. carries, 71 yards. So it's like, man, like they, he got to figure that out. Like, but then, you know, when you watch all 22, you see guys running open right. and, and Josh isn't hitting them. So I'm like he's also trying to force the ball to digs, which is right. That he's been right. He's, 11, 11 targets in the first half is look, look. I love digs. He's great, amazing. He can have that. He can be. He's one of the five players that he can have that Jamar Chase. I'm open every time mentality. Like he's one of five players in the NFL that can do that right now. Eleven targets in the first half is unacceptable. 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 I, you cannot target the same guy sixty-five percent of the plays for in the first half, and then expect for him to be as sustainable in the second half. Like, let's mix it up a little bit. Let's make it. You know what I mean? Well, no, I agree. So when when Diggs first came over that first year, like it was like that every game. Like, right. dude, he he was looking big. I mean, Diggs had his best year his first year in Buffalo. Cause, cause Adam was like, yo, I'm giving this dude the ball. But I think a lot of it too, you know, you had Gabe who was, I think he was a rookie that year. Um, you know, and Cole was there and they're figuring it out. But like, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm maybe I'm pulling for straws here, but it does feel like at times there's a certain trust level that he doesn't have with other receivers. Right. Like for instance, and I'm going to bring this up, and I know you probably protest this, but Gabe, um, with the fumble, right? Like you're on the on the right sideline, but you're carrying the ball in your left hand, you know. And, and some inconsistencies in terms of short to intermediate route running with Gabe. You got Deontay Hardy. It's like they they try to figure out, you know, these gadgety plays with him. You don't really they don't really use Kincaid over the middle. He's a rookie, um, so I don't know if it's a trust thing. I don't know if it's a scheme thing or calling plays to get Josh Allen comfortable, the things he's comfortable with. That's what I'm, I'm trying to figure out which I one wanna, of three is it. I, I, I have to assume that it is calling because I don't understand how it could be a trust thing with Gabe when the one time you targeted him more than six times, he had a hundred yard game. So like, I can't, I can't say, okay, he's been successful. I talk about, he could be a number. Josh has talked about, oh, he could be a number one receiver in a different team. Like I can't, you can't say all those things. And then me be like, oh no, you don't trust him. I have to assume you trust him and that you're just not getting him the ball, which is like, I'm not sure why Josh is that way. Dawson, like what they seem to have a good trust level last year through spurts of the year um, between him and Dawson. Dawson had a lot of touchdown catches last year. So mm. I, I just don't, it can't, to me, it can't be the trust level because at some point, just like uh, with Patrick Mahomes and and Kadarius Tony, sure. at some point you're going to need these players. So you can't. It's like it's like LeBron James on offense. You can't just score all the time all year. You're going to need these players to put up something in the playoffs. 
So I'm going to spread the ball out and help these guys get going throughout a game because I'm going to need them later on in the year. And Josh has to do that. And if that's not his mentality right now, in my opinion, that has to be wrong. You're going to need these players later in the year. You can't just assume that Diggs is going to go for 130 every game, like right. in my opinion. So that's, like, and I, that's detrimental to the team, by the way. Right. right. You and know if Ken's calling those, I don't know what if it's Ken calling plays or if it's Josh choosing not to throw these people, but you have to start mixing the ball in because you're going to need these players later on. Yeah, that you they gotta figure it out. They gotta figure it out. The, here, here's the here's the silver lining that that you can take from this. Tell me, and tell me what you think about this. But you don't want to be playing your best ball right now. No, you want to be playing your best ball in like December, November, late November through December, January. Right? That's when you. That's when you like. So, for instance, like when the Bills are humming early, it's like, yeah, I like it. But like, what happens when teams catch up to them? Like, so for instance, I'm okay. I'm okay slightly with some offensive like duds like gotcha. we saw on Sunday night if if it kind of get ha- gets hammered out and the bills at least come up with an identity because they haven't had an identity outside of Josh Allen make the play since he's been here right they got to figure it out look i don't get me wrong i'm good with just getting ugly wins i'm good with that sure. right now especially but like my, what i'm frustrated with is if we're going to get ugly wins Let's start building up a team that's going to compete later rather than right. targeting Diggs 18 times and then only building him up and then assuming that he's going to have these 150 yard games comes the times where we need them to be at their best level. Like we have to like this is the time if you're going to struggle, let's struggle building <laughs> rather than struggling while we're trying to force the ball to Diggs the entire game. Like, Well, they're I, doing it on I'm defense always. with Dorian Williams, right? They're doing it with him there. We they don't have, have a choice, choice. necessarily, <laughs> but, but choice. they're doing it. I mean, they could put right. Tyrell Dotson in there. They could. I mean, like we know what Tyrell Dotson. Like I like Tyrell Dotson, but we know what he's given us, and I guess we don't. We didn't know what Dorian was giving us. Do I think Dorian had a great game? Nobody was around. I thought he had a great game. I think that. You're I think a rookie that hater. See why no, you, no, no, you, no. you you foul. I dog. think that he flies sideline to sideline, which is his skill set. But I, when it came to that wham play down the middle, that we couldn't stop. He had a. Don't okay. tell me that like that. He had a missed tackle. He had a missed tackle in the in the A gap. I'm not even talking about the missed tackle. I'm good with him being in the right spot and missing. I'm not good with him being in the wrong spot. And when that web play keeps going for 10, 12, 15, 20, 35 yards because nobody's touching him. That's not all safeties, on him, though. That's I mean, like if we're assuming that Bernard's playing correctly, which we are because Bernard's been a baller. And as much as I love Edmonds, that was the correct decision. And I'm comfortable saying that now. Sure. Like Dorian is that the guy that's playing in that position where it's like that's Milano, you know what I mean? Like right, right. we need you to be in the right spot so that our safeties don't have to be making tackles at 15 yards. Yeah, Milano's uh, you know, missed tackle percentage is pretty high, but he's a he's a playmaker. So like you what you get in playmaking, like I don't care if you're you miss a tackle here now. I mean, because you, you're gonna miss I mean, it, but back to the offense, yeah. so and because I wanted to bring up Dorian because I know you're a hater and I told you no, Dorian's going to be dope. Rookies. But anyway, another a number three option on this team like they got a you you made a good point about them kind of figuring something out, you know, kind of, you know, stacking the pipeline for, you know, the a January run playoff run. Right. There were times where. You know, James Cook's wide open, wide open, and it, he was missed. A couple times, and I think one for a, at least a touchdown, the one over the middle in the third quarter. 
And then there was a couple times in the flat, you know, as Josh's plant is having a really good year, but he has to, I think, I know he's trying to work through his progressions, but man, he's got to, he's got to utilize, like just as much as we put on, you know, Dorsey for scheming guys open. Josh has to take better advantage of other guys being open because Deontay Hardy was open a little bit. Khalil Shakir was, was uh, open on a in-breaking route or mesh route concept or something like that. He was missed. Like Josh, and that's where I was talking about the trust factor with some of these guys. Like they, they gotta have to work that out. It's evident. It it was interesting. Like it's gotta be pre-snap that Josh is struggling. If I, if, if I had to make a guess, his reads pre-snap is making him late on some things that like his arm strength is getting him out of. And so, sure. so I, and, and it's okay to be a little late if you have that arm strength. It's, it's all right. Like I'm not, I'm not dogging on Josh. If, if you're a little late and you got that arm strength, you're okay to be a little late, but it's also hurting w- with your progressions because you're assuming something's going to be open. And then you're, by the time you get to your, your it's too late. And he seems like he's just a smidge late on a lot of his from pre-snap to to last progression. And he's just a smidge late on a lot of it. Even the Quentin, he was open. And Quentin was open for a little bit, and like he came across his body. And that ball, if he if it's not Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes, that ball's picked. That, that ball's yeah. picked. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's like yeah. you your arm strength is going to get you out of some things. And I think that he also tries to flirt between not throwing the ball as hard as he can and throwing the ball as hard yeah. as he can, which is why that Dawson Knox ball was low. It's like, yeah. dude, I, I don't want to miss this. Like, I I would rather you throw it with the idea of I'm going to pull it's, this shit it's in there. It's trust because Dawson drops passes. It's trust. And it's all it, what you want. Let him drop it's it. Trust. Then let him she drop it. Not, then let him it, drop it. Throw it. Yeah, th- I'm agreeing yeah, with it, you. Throw yeah. it. But, like, that's the thing. Like, who, who can he – outside of Diggs – and I'll throw Gabe in there to an extent. Outside of those two guys, when when in crunch time, and not Allen's legs, who can he rely on to to make a play? Kyer hasn't. I mean, not Kyer. Uh, Khalil Shakur hasn't missed many passes when it when it matters. But they don't throw him the ball. That, but that's my point. Is like you can't you can't give build him the trust ball unless you do it. Unless you do it, you gotta do it. You can't like you can't say, oh, I don't trust these guys because they've shown to drop passes in the back and then not ever throw him the ball. You they have to build that. Kadarius Tony missed four game winning catches week one. But that's and he's all they Pat got. Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Pat Mahomes. Hey, boy, that, that's the, my point. Is like Pat Mahomes been throwing him the ball every every week. It's not changed, and that's a winning. That's a that like that's a winning mentality. Is like you have to. Don Kincaid ain't been doing, getting it done either. <laughs> like, don't, but I don't think it's Kincaid though. You know, I think the opportunities that he's had, he's 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 done what he's supposed to do. Um, but yeah, I think Josh Allen's read is Diggs, Davis, and then scramble. Good, good luck. And go back to Diggs. That's what it's been. Diggs, yeah. Davis, scramble, get back to Diggs. Yep, yep, yep. And so I, I think it's one of those things where like this is where I wish Gabe was a little bit better and short to intermediate route running because when you don't get Diggs, you know, because you, you Gabe can't just make his, his bread off of deep passes and deep over routes and stuff like that. And comebacks, you know, he he's got a. I hope he develops a little bit more into a a well-rounded, multifaceted. I want to ask runner. you about this because how if he's not getting opportunities out of the short pass game because Josh's first instinct is always to throw it to Diggs in the first two seconds. 
I don't know how we can judge Gabe's short to intermediate pass play if our first option is always Diggs. Well, so if you look at like Josh Allen's average time to throw, um, it, it tells a story. Like he is, he's being super protected. It's not like you know he's being blitzed a whole uh, like all the time. Right. But he has a really good high average time to throw. So um, unless he's locking on Diggs, right? Like somebody's got to uncover and make a catch or and get open. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen many guys open, and it's just the ball's not getting out to them. Yeah, I've seen many guys open and digs not open, and Josh throws it to digs anyways. Yep, and I and I wonder if that's just their relationship. It's like, yo, just give me the ball, like a Jamar Chase type of relationship. And there's times where I see fans clamoring for that. I don't care if he's double covered; just throw it to him. Like that's not, in my opinion, you could win games like that right now. Sure, that's not winning football come. December and January. so right now, Josh Allen's time to throw average time to throw is two point nine two seconds. That that is that he's getting a lot of protection, right? So um, that's that's like uh, let's see, almost eight, he's eighth, uh, like in terms of time that he has in the pocket. Tua has the quickest release at two point three seven seconds uh, per throw. So I mean, dude, he. he Allen has time, but I think a lot of times, you know, he's making he's extending plays with his legs and so forth. So, you know, you it kind of takes half the field away when you're scrambling left or right. But I just hope it's it's not one of those things. This offense is still humming to an extent. They've had two bad games, you know, or two lackluster bad games. Yeah. They're still they're still getting it done. Even in those bad games, like they have a quarter, which has been the fourth quarter, where they're killing it. Yeah, and I just it's don't the first half that, that the last two weeks that looked bad. The first right, half, right, and I just don't understand. Like, if that that, in my opinion, something as as set in that where they struggle first half have been good in the fourth quarter. That has to be play calling. Yeah, like that, in my opinion, that has to be, and like it could be something. It could be just Josh not trusting it to the fourth. But like, if it's been that for two straight weeks, it has to be play calling. In my opinion, I think it's a factor. Right. And and here's here's what I don't like is like people you can't it's like the fan base like you can't criticize Dorsey right or you're saying that he needs to be fired like I think there's a fine line in the middle somewhere you know what I'm saying like it's so extreme it's um, that been that way that's why I've been it's, it was about. like it's that like, way with Dable too like <laughs> I never once had ever said I wanted Dable to be the offensive coordinator here for 10, 15, 20 years he's that nice but like. When people are like, oh, you've been calling for him to get fired. No, I can criticize him without calling for him to be fired. Yeah, that's that's part. You know what I mean? Like and criticism goes both ways. I have to give him props when he does well, just like Bernard. I criticize them for choosing sure. Terrell Bernard early on season. And that, sure. that my guys has played much better than Edmonds played all last year, in my opinion. So like and he's made spot and shout out to Spence. I know you love Edmonds, but like. Terrell Bernard has been that guy that, you know what I mean? So he's playing I, better. You just got to give props when, when they end up making that. So I, so I don't understand. Like it's not hating when I criticize and, and it's not hating when anybody else criticizes. Now, if you're just saying wrong things all the time, just to, just to say that somebody's hater. bad, right. Then you're being a hater. You're not even using facts <laughs> or stats or nothing. You're just, Oh, fire Dorsey because, because Josh has not hit that guy on the receiver. He needed to get a better coach in here to teach Josh how to be calmer or whatever. He's throwing three picks. That's Dorsey's fault. No, that's not, that's not true. Right. Right. So let's, let's, while we 
one more question about the offense, then we'll shift to the defense before we go. Um, trade deadline's coming up, man. Uh, like, there's some who would say to tell you that the Bills would go look at Travis, uh, not Travis Henry, but, uh, you know, Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry. Uh, thoughts on that? And then I'm going to ask you about a receiving option after that. So, Derrick Henry, like, people think that he could be had for a mid, mid-round pick. You know, would you insert him as a another weapon in this offense? Okay, so like this is this goes back to my age old like, are I asking you? Are you asking me if I would like that? Or if, yeah, are you asking yeah. Me should if, should the Bills make a play for a guy like like that? I don't think they can. I think they should. They, I would love for Derrick Henry to be on the football team. Like, I think they I don't can. Know who would. I don't think they can make that play with with given the contract. Like they would have to give up a piece right now that they can't lose. Like they were, they were already nutted enough on defense to where like you can't really lose a piece on defense to go get Derrick Henry or or offense if you wanted to trade somebody from the offensive. Like you would have to trade like Knox. I don't know, man. Uh, right now, so in 2023, his his base salary is 10.5. Okay, uh, so basically, you you if you were to trade for him. Um, you have to clear seven, right? You you would be it would be on a, a prorated contract. Like the rest of his his earnings will be prorated for so, this year. So like for eight. this year, now you can you know you can work out the compensations where like let's say if you gave him you know a better pick, they would eat some of the cost or whatever. So there, what I'm trying to say is, if the Bills wanted to go that route, they could. Uh, the the Titans are really bad right now, as you know, and uh, he'd be. I mean, he'd be. He's an option uh, to to. I mean, look, Damian Harris is hurt, right? And I don't know when he's going to be back. You know, it could be a week or two weeks or whatever. But I think, you know, when you look at this team, I think it's time to take a swing for something. You you, you know, you I wouldn't mind taking a swing for something. I think that something would come at the cornerback position if they took a swing for anything. So I. Okay, so I, you side with cornerback. Okay. So no one Derrick Henry. James Cook is, is playing well, and they've played Latavius Murray a lot. I don't even think that. If they if they really wanted to, they would have sat Damian Harris on the bench and had Latavius Murray get all his sure. his carries. So like, um, I, if they were going to swing, I don't think it would be at the running back. I, I think more than more than a, a wide receiver, which would be nice. Like I would love an, another like a good slot receiver in this offense. But I guess you know they got to figure it out with with Hardy, Sherfield, Judy. Kade. They got to figure Jerry. it out. Right. I don't know if Jerry Judy – Jerry Judy would be a good option, I guess. Yeah, he would be a good option, guy. right? Um, if we can there keep were, him healthy. There are reports out uh, from Denver saying that teams have inquired about uh, uh, Jerry Judy, but the compensation hasn't been what, what they've been looking for. They've been looking for a first or second round pick, and I don't think anybody's going to do that. I think, honestly, the, the value hey, for him right now – We're going to give you a first, it'll be certain, no? If oh yeah, you man, first, you're gonna have to give two or three Sertain. first for Pat for Pat Sertain. Um, but well, yes, yeah. would you do that if you were the Bills right now? For oh yeah, I would. Two? I would. I would. Yeah, I would. I know people are like, "Why would you do?" He's just dope. Like that. The kid is good. I think they. The defense is like like the defense is amazing. Like let, let's. But I think that when you play teams like the Bengals, you know teams that are gonna really stress you in the secondary. At cornerback, no, safety is fine. I think we're, that's where we're going to have some problems. 
I don't think I, think, I don't know if we can lock up with some of the I best. Think Benford can. I think Benford. Benford I, I has shown the ability in, can, but Dane. I have faith in Kyrie, and I just want Dane. If they if Dane and Benford are healthy, I I would I would trust those two. But they get injured a lot. You see what they I'm do. saying? Like that. They that's do. the thing. So like, like that's the problem. So that's like you got to get something to to hedge your bet there because right. these guys these guys can't stay healthy. I I would send three seconds for Sertain or two and a first. I'm not sending two first round picks. But then you ain't gonna get for, it for anybody. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, then then he's gonna be on that team stuck in that dungeon for for years. So until he leaves. McNasty has a good question about Jerry Judy. He says, Jerry Judy bad. I'm not going to say Jerry Judy's bad. I I think he's a really good receiver. I mean, this last year, I mean, uh, 67 catches, 962 yards, and like six touchdowns is what he had. He's a good receiver. Like, when you talk about route running, he he would be perfect in this offense. I think his attitude, I think he's broken right now. Like, he's been getting a lot of scrutiny. He was, you know, he had injury problems. We've been known to fix attitudes here, though. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you know, people say, well, I don't want Jerry Judy. It's like, no, dude, like, you you come to Buffalo to be the best version of yourself. Culture, right. It's a the culture, culture thing. Is different You're in a so. locker room with Russell Wilson and the dysfunction and the and the ownership last year and all that kind of stuff. I think that 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 matters on a player. It, it makes you become uh, internally focused on yourself, which I totally get. He, he, he's he got a family to feed and, you know, they're, they're – they don't throw him the ball a lot, like right. And look with this, with this, whether he demands a job, I don't know how, if he has one or two left. But Trey also only has two or three left on his contract, and you can give Sertain the contract that Trey would have gotten after his contract was up here. You can even backload Sertain's contract to where it's it starts when Trey's ends. So if you're gonna bring in a guy that can replace Trey if Trey doesn't want to play anymore or if Trey's going to be long for the ride. You don't know what he could get after this year or what he's going to give you. Um, you could give him the contract right, that, right. that Trey would have gotten in his place. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've learned and seen that Brandon Bean, they they can they can make the numbers work. You right. know, like I said, well, they can't do this, they can't do that. No, they can figure it out, you know. They can do it. Um, and and honestly, what makes these kind of moves more plausible, more realistic, is the fact that now, you know, some of these second and third year players that are they've hit on draft wise, some that we thought uh, you kind of missed the boat on that. Like you know, Terrell Bernard was one of them. AJ Epinesa is looking pretty good. You know, if they- I my props, thank you. I, we can go back and look at the film. Jeremy said AJ Epinesa is going to be an elite number two. Pass I don't, I don't care year. what you said. So. Anyway. <laughs> So we can go back and check the film. We'll go back and check the film. Uh, yeah, we'll the clip what, what a year he's having. The defense is looking great. I just, you know, I just feel like this, man, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I would just like to see the Bills kind of go for it here uh, to make a move, whether it's for a, a weapon on offense or a cornerback. They they, they got – they need it. They need it. I want it to make sense, though. Right, that's right. going sure. to make a splash. I don't think that going to get King is going to make – the splash that would put us over in, in, in my, I think he would be great. And I think he would help this offense with short yardage, but I also, he would do a lot in this offense. I just don't think he's going to get the ball that much. I I don't think he's going to get the ball as much as he did. And and he's also a guy that needs to get going. You have to give it to him 10, 15, 20 times out of, out of 35 plays. And every now and then he's going to hit you with an 80, 60, 50 yard run get you a touchdown on that drive and like that's where he gets but he has a lot of two yard one yard zero yard and if you're going to mix in run with our pass 
then we can't have those zero, one, two yard runs. Like sure, but you also got to look at how they're running. You know, when they run the ball from under center, it looks it looks. Good. I mean, he would. Just, I think he feasts in this in this offense. But defensively, yeah, I think I, I think we're good at linebacker. We don't need any edge rushers right now. I, I think it's all in, in the secondary and that cornerback. And can these good guys stay healthy? I think they're okay. I think they're okay with look. If you have love, a really love Bernard, but hold on. If you because their pass rush and their defense lines playing lights out, it lessens the pressure on on the second level just a little bit. I mean, as you know, I think you don't have to. What I'm trying to say is, if there's a move to be made, I would love to see it at cornerback. Is all yeah. I'm saying, yeah. right? Because because they can't do both. Remember. Well, they could, but they're not. One, if you're gonna make a splash, that's where. Yep. Either there or like a slot. Like those are the two spots right now. If if you're gonna make the biggest splash, that's where I think it would be. Slot right, slot cornerback, slot receiver, slot receiver. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they need a slot. They need a slot bad. Yeah, I think it, I would love Deontay Hardy if they would. I don't know. I just don't think he's the type of slot Josh needs. Josh needs a route runner like a Braxton right. Marios or a right. You know what I mean? Like a somebody separator. That, he right. needs a separator. Right. A guy that Don Kincaid is not a separator as much as you guys love this guy. Baby, you better get off my dog. <laughs> get off my dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> McNasty uh, says Hardy is fine, and I disagree. Like he's fine in, in a different. He's he a, did, as a wide receiver five, as a gadget but, gadget receiver. Yeah. But, uh, he's not a slot that Josh needs. He doesn't separate like Cole Beasley. He's not a Cole Beasley. He's not a he's not a West Walker. Josh want, needs a West Walker right now. Like go back I mean? and look at the All Twenty Two and and watch Hardy in trying to find space in the zone. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's why they need a slot receiver because that's not his strong suit. Right. Right. <laughs> but anyway, we are uh, we're, we're we're very close on time, man. Uh, this week, we got the New England Patriots coming up. I, I, the Bills are going to boat roast boat race those dudes like it ain't even going to be it's going to be kind of playing in New England. Diggs loves playing in New England. Jordan loves playing in New England. So I just, it's just not like. And I really don't think that because the offense played bad last week, it's going to be right. unfortunate for New England. You're just going to get boat raced by 50. In my you're you're going to get boat raced. But yeah. uh, we're, gonna, we're here for it, man. So uh, yeah, this has been a good show as always. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Buffalo Rumlin's VidCast feed and the Chop Up. So we'll be here all week long, all season long. This is the Chop Up, and we out of here. Go Bills. Go Bills. I need it up front. Can't tell me, cause I do what I want Self-made everything, you know we gon' stun You know that we eatin', it's lookin' like lunch So I tell them that I need it, up front Can't tell me, cause I do what I want Self-made everything, you know we gon' stun You know that we eatin', it's lookin' like lunch So I tell them that I need it Everything around my whole team, though You ain't getting money, you niggas ain't never seen, though Tell me where the cash at, I tell you where the stash at I've been getting to it so long, but